Welcome to the CMS Real Deal podcast, where we take a step back from the legal nitty-gritty and provide insight into issues affecting the property industry. I'm your host, Danny Drummond-Bressington. Today, I'm joined by Claire Thomas, partner at CMS, and Giles Barry of FTI Consulting. Welcome both. Hi, Danny. Hi. It's, uh, it's this time of year again where we're uh, launching the uh, leader, the Thought Leadership Report and uh, must be the third or fourth year on the run that we've done a, a podcast, I think, with both of you. I know, uh, and, and you know, it's hard to believe that this is report number nine. And as yeah. we come up to a decade, it's making me feel a little bit old. But, you know, there you go. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, well, thank you for making the time because I know you've been busy uh, marking the launch of the uh, CMS Real Estate's latest thought leadership report. This year, it's uh, Real Estate Rebound, a tech accelerated recovery and really quite perfect timing, given that we're looking ahead to what life beyond the pandemic looks like. Um, so I thought just before we get um, stuck into the report and the tech aspects of it. Um, Claire, you mentioned a very important point there that it's nine years now and, and in your reports over the last nine years, you've been doing various analysis on market trends. So it's perhaps worth just starting there and and having a look at those and what do you take away from this year's analysis and any particular themes and trends that you wanted to highlight? Um, I'll open the floor to either of you. I don't know who would like to start on on that point. Yeah, no, I'll I'll jump in. I think it's been absolutely fascinating to have gathered data now for almost 10 years. And I think what struck me most is how the asset classes and the, the actual investors have changed. Our first report um, was actually all about global investors into UK real estate. And to think that we were actually talking about these new entrants into our market and what an impact that was having, and, you know, Fast forward 10 years and we know how much global investors are actually dominating our sector. So we've really seen that over over the years. And I think the other thing that's been fascinating is the the shift in asset classes. And I think there's been a couple of stories there. Um, When we started out, it was very much around offices and retail, those traditional asset classes. And then we saw logistics come into favour. And of course, with the pandemic and all of the online retailing, that that's clearly a, a class that's going to continue to go from strength to strength. We've also seen residential come to the front with more institutional investors really engaging in that sector. And then the big one that I think has come to the fore this year is really life sciences. And they were the third most popular asset class with our investors that we surveyed. And actually only 2% behind logistics. And the percentage that favoured that asset class had actually doubled this year than it was five years ago. So I think that's really showing how the pandemic has brought life sciences to the top of our agenda. So yeah, some really interesting shifts that we've seen. Oh, thanks. I mean, it was really noticeable, the life sciences stats. Um, definitely, I took that out from there. And Giles, what about you? What sort of trends well, have you seen? And I think uh, Claire has talked about the pandemic, which we've all obviously been dominated by. But what was really interesting was that the um, survey we did of 200 industry leaders looked through that, if you like, and revealed uh, a more optimistic picture than we've seen certainly since 2017 in the year after the Brexit vote. So while, uh, you know, some of us are still locked down and working from home and there's a lot of uncertainty, um, real estate is a long-term game. 
and people are way more optimistic um, than they have been at any time for the last four years. Uh, that's borne out by the strength of the investment market and the clamour for new development sites um, at the moment. Um, Manchester as well, uh, and some of the big regional cities, there's a real appetite for, for, for them. So um, it's, it's a more optimistic picture. And I think one thing is that property is, as it often does, sort of reinventing itself. Um, and you know, a lot of the best assets that people are looking to buy or develop are um, uh, driven by great sustainability credentials, they're smart buildings. It's almost as if uh, the industry has, has, has revolutionized itself uh, over the course of one year. I guess that's probably, is that one of the reasons where you're talking about rebound, whereas last year your report was reset and, and this year is rebound? What sort of, sort of made the link between the two? Um, yeah, I, I think last year it was really interesting. We we sit down with FTI every year to talk about, you know, themes and the angle that we we might take. And it was really funny that the meeting that we were supposed to have with Giles last year was just as the pandemic was starting and we were quickly having to shift to do it on teams rather than in in real life so it was a real time where we all had to sort of take a step back take a take a breath whilst we we took in what was happening to us real estate was very much at the front of everyone's mind because we could no longer use our buildings in the way that we were used to using them and everyone was thinking a lot more about the the impact of community. So that to us was a time where we had to to reset and maybe both individually and as a sector, we needed to stop and think about the impact that we had on, on each other and, and indeed the world. So that's very much what the theme was last year. And I think this year, having had that time to reflect as Giles said, now it's that moment to move on with more optimism. So that's where we felt the rebound came in because we, we've stopped, we've, we've reset where we are as an industry and now we're ready to move towards a, a, an even brighter and stronger future. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and, and Giles, same same views? Um, yeah, I think it's interesting that, um, as Claire says, some, some new sectors are coming to the fore. It's not only life sciences. Um, the whole of the, the 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 rental world, the built to rent world, has yeah. has come through COVID in a really strong uh, strong fashion. You know, people have had to spend the last year uh, with an awful lot of time at home, and it's made them value their homes a lot more. And um, you know, having things like uh, a smart home, uh, an app that um, you know guides you around your building. Uh, all these sorts of things, uh, temperature controls have made people really relish the most advanced type of, of real estate. Um, so it, it's not just the, the the fact that there's more appetite, it's, it's an appetite for a more sophisticated type of, of product. And I think, um, you know, the, the, the owners and the developers that um, can satisfy that need and, you know, differentiate themselves better through the quality of what they do will, will be the winners. And I think it has a, a real financial impact as well. Part of our survey, we always go out to consumers. And this year we polled office occupiers, renters, retail professionals and life science experts. And those renters, 1,500 global renters, actually on average said they would pay up to 20% more to live in a rented, in a smart building. So, you know, 
we're suddenly seeing the return on investment, which perhaps wasn't there before. I think you make a really good point, and I think there's another point that that's sort of linked with that, which is, you know, if we move sort of shift into sort of looking at the tech aspects of of your report, and you know, we've all been at home, and you say absolutely tech, and we're all set up with Wi-Fi. You know, there are quite a lot of offices out there where you know the Wi-Fi isn't as good as that we've all got at home now, and so what what roles technology going to have to have in the office world to sort of help us all get back into this new new world i think tech is really having its moment now we've been talking about prop tech for for years and i think maybe the industry didn't quite understand what prop tech was for or what was yeah. the problem that it was trying to solve and i think suddenly everything has come together because we have you know we need to get back to the office in in a safe way it needs to be sustainable we need to consider people's wellness in the workplace and I think technology is at the heart of all of those things and that really came out in our interviews was how technology is so closely linked to everybody being able to achieve their ESG targets and of course the social aspect of people's well-being is a big part of that so yeah there's definitely a moment where we can see the need for technology perhaps in a way that we hadn't before and do you think that that this um you know your report is an accelerated recovery is it is it the pandemic that's triggered the technology and the fact that that's really at the forefront or is there other factors out there that are sort of behind this accelerated sort of thought process around tech i think i think um actually what we took what we what we discovered uh, we had a really great um webinar uh, launching the report yesterday danny and there are some really enlightened characters around so we had Faisal buck from pi labs um, um samantha kemp of emo and paul pashir from harrison street um who've been sort of fighting the good fight for years all of them have been yeah. talking up um, the importance of tech in property for at least five years. And they are now the people who are in the in the vanguard because um, the skills have been there and pioneers like that have been there. It's perhaps been the, the pandemic which has um, pushed fast forward and brought them to the fore. So I think I think the skills have been there, but um, people haven't quite realised the, the, the need to, to capitalise on them. And that was actually one of one of the survey questions we asked. And we had 4000 respondents in total. And we actually said, by how many years do you think the pandemic has accelerated our adoption of technology? And on average, actually, they, they said that it was four years, which I think is amazing. So a lot of the things that we were talking about were already happening. You know, we were starting to work in a more agile fashion more of us were shopping online. So these things were happening anyway, but the the, the pandemic yeah. has completely accelerated those, you know, to a very significant degree. Well, I mean, I, I just look at how we all communicate in the sort of work environment. And I actually think I've seen more of my clients than I did do before, because before we'd have it's expensive to get everybody together for a meeting so we'll just have a telephone call we'd never would have had a zoom call we'd never would have used teams and all of a sudden i have had teams calls i've seen people obviously not physically but there's sort of you know even that's come on leaps and bounds and i think we'll go back to the office and we'll still use teams 
and Zoom for, for meetings, just by way of example. I think it, it yeah, huge changes. Um, it's really levelling up the playing field as well. Um, I did an interview a couple of weeks ago with Tracy Hawkins of Twitter, who manages their sort of global real estate portfolio. And they already had a lot of people working from home before the pandemic. But, you know, there was almost a two tier system of, you know, you had people who worked in the office and you had people who worked at home. Whereas now we've all had a taste of what it's like to work from home and maybe be that person on on the call whilst everyone else is in the office. And it has made us all more aware of how to to work better as a team where we are spread out in different places. So I think, you know, we've been through globally you know, the most horrific experience, but I hope that we can build on it and take away some of those positive things and retain those in our lives going forward. I agree. I think that it's about the combination of 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 a new way, but sort of looking back and going, taking the best bits of the last last year and, and bringing them forward for a, for I a suspect new world. You're, you're happy to leave behind though your homeschooling, Danny. That's probably something that you won't be taking forward in the future. I, Think there'll be a lot of people that are quite happy never to have to homeschool ever again. <laughs> I noticed like, so we, you talked about some investment in tech, and I think it was um, 58% of the real estate professionals that you surveyed see that technology has uh, an, a positive impact on the value of the property and interest from investors. But but what about sort of return on investment? Because that's obviously the flip side of it. Because investment in tech to get your buildings sort of the, the most technologically advanced doesn't come cheap are we at the point is there still a long way to go before there is a return on investment at the moment you're doing it to get the tenants in you're getting the investors in what else came out of your report in that regard um i think i don't think um particularly office developers have any choice but to create the best buildings at the moment so the return is either um you know, create a more expensive product that you can charge more rent on or don't get a tenant, um, yeah. you know, and and so as black and white as that. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not always, because everything's got a price, isn't it? But um, I think I think the, um, the the return is is it's not as simple as the money you get back. It's whether you whether you get a return at all yeah. um, in, in a lot of cases. And I think the industry is getting much better at using its data now. You know, we are a data rich sector, but maybe in previous years haven't quite understood how to apply that data. Whereas now I think we're starting to see the tools to use that to make our buildings more efficient, to increase the productivity of the people who who work within those buildings. So I think there are actual tangible benefits as well as, you know, making our buildings more attractive. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I noted, a common theme running through the interviews is, is the role that tech has got in the ESG agenda. And I really welcome your thoughts on that and some of the things and findings that you, you got from your report and surveys. Yeah. So we looked at ESG in our survey last year as well. And I think we did get a sense that the institutional investors had really grasped the importance of ESG, as had our tenants. But I wonder whether the real estate sector itself was maybe a little bit behind. But I think they have massively caught up. And, you know, eight out of 10 of the 
retail professionals that we polled agreed that smart technology makes buildings more sustainable. So I think that the industry has really caught up. And as I said, that was a, a really common theme running through all of the interviews we did. And it was the likes of Patrizia and Quintain and Union and AXA. They all talked about how um, tech was at the heart of their ESG strategies and ESG was basically driving the investments they made. Yeah. So we, we've almost got, you know, two sides of the coin. Probably, Claire, it goes back to your point about, you know, data rich um, sort of sector. And actually, it's about capturing that with the use of technology because you can't improve what you can't measure. One of the things I was just going to ask you, you talked about pace of adoption and, and your question of um, how how much the pandemic accelerated that. Do you did you get the sense or do you personally think that um, this is here to stay and that there will continue to be an embracing of technology and will we adapt quickly enough as, a, as an industry? Um, what are your thoughts in that regard? Well, one thing was really interesting um, during our session um, our webinar and also in some of the interviews was the extent that people are talking about machine learning and um, Samantha Kemp from from IMO was talking mm. about how um, AI can help her organization which is in something called single family residential um, uh, work out the uh, the financials behind a, a, an acquisition um, in 45 minutes compared with a whole day um, how her team is no longer involved with painstaking um, reconciliation of spreadsheets, bright people, as she put it, sitting there. It, it was very heartbreaking, actually. Yeah. The thought of these people agonising over getting the numbers to add up. Um, the AI that they use um, can 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 cut all that out and sort it all out um, immediately. So I think it is here today because the uh, it is here to stay because things like AI and machine learning just make people's lives better. Um, as long as um, as long as they don't take over, which we which we hope not. But you know, I I do think that particular side of, of tech can can be the next big thing for real estate. Yeah, and I think it was fascinating because we heard this week, didn't we, that the head of Google say that AI was going to have a bigger impact than fire and yeah. electricity, which is which is pretty extreme. But I think. As Giles says, we are truly on the cusp of the fourth industrial revolution and, and yeah. the impact on the built environment will be really profound. Exciting times ahead. Definitely. Um, so I'm just going to wrap up and I would really like to hear from you what um, you found in the surveys and, and in compiling the report, that either the most interesting or surprising thing and that, that you take from, from this year's report. I'll start with you, Claire. The thing for me is how far we've come. Um, I think we were starting to embrace an, an agile way of working. And indeed, I think it was three years ago that we did our report. Daniel, remember Smart, Healthy, Agile, where we yeah. talked about how much the workplace was changing. Um, and in our survey last year, we asked people whether they would work from home more post the pandemic. And I think 42% of them said they would work from home more. When we asked that question this year, it had gone up to 81%. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of positives, a lot of, you know, we want to get back to the office. That's important for collaboration and being with our clients and our colleagues. And it's very important for our mental health. 
but I think we will um, occupy our offices in a, in a different way going forward. And I think it's those developers and owners who can embrace that who will really sort of take this opportunity. No, that's uh, I agree. I think there's some exciting opportunities ahead there. And Giles, um, me, Danny. You know, I've been in I've been in property for 30 years now, and what was quite sort of encouraging, I think, was that the great optimistic spirit for which the industry is known. Um, still burns bright you know I mean yeah. the fact is we call it real estate rebound because sentiment has come back so strongly um, people are okay there's lots and lots of problems to get through and um, you know issues to deal with but we're a hell of a long way ahead of where we were this time last year and that is beginning to reflect itself in activity and people looking to buy things and do things and think ahead rather than being um, stuck as it really looked as if they might be for a three, four, five years. Yeah. Um, no, and, really... and, the, and, and the vaccines are a miracle. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I think uh, when you launched the report last year, it was sort of vaccines could be five, ten years away. And, and look where we are now. We've um, we all double all, vaccinated. We're all double jabbed. Showing our age. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no, thank you both for your time today and for joining us on the Real Deal podcast. Um, and to everybody listening, um, please don't forget to rate us um, on your usual podcast store. Um, thank you both. It's great to have you. Thanks, Danny.